Fundraising everywhere. 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 You need to add me in there. Welcome to the Fundraising Everywhere podcast, where we give you a free glimpse into one of our amazing webinars or conferences. You can check out one of our full sessions and get a 50% discount by using the code FEPODCAST at fundraisingeverywhere.com. Yeah, just head to the fundraisingeverywhere.com site and use the code FEPODCAST at the checkout to get 50% off any of our sessions. My name is Alex and I'm Head of Growth Marketing here at Fundraising Everywhere. Today I'm here with fabulous Laura Solomons, Head of Donor Relations at the Sutton Trust and co-founder of Fix the Form. Now Laura and I go back a long way. We used to work together back in the day and have stayed really good friends ever since. Lucky for me, she's also an incredibly talented fundraiser, which is very, very handy. Always handy to know brilliant fundraisers. You may know Laura from Fix the Form, which is a campaign to get foundations to change the most annoying parts of their application forms to save charities time and money. It's actually already saved a million hours of charity time, which is a conservative calculation. If bad forms get your back up, have your say. There is a survey out there right now. Please follow Fix the Form on Twitter for more information. So we're all about corporate partnerships right now. We've got the 2022 edition of Corporate Partnerships Everywhere coming up on February the 24th. We're really excited to be working with Remarkable Partnerships again on this one with curator Andy King. We've been reflecting on some of the amazing sessions from last year, one of which Laura was a part of. And today Laura's here to introduce that session for you. Hi, Alex. It's wonderful to see you. Um, And for those that can't see, Alex is wearing a gorgeous orange jumper. So thank you for brightening up my afternoon as you always do. Um, Really appreciate you also shouting out Fix the Form. Please do check it out. We've got a survey open for fundraisers and collectively we can fix the forms that waste our time when applying for funds. Um, Last year, I spoke on a panel with Galib from Parkinson's UK, Christopher from City Year, and it was chaired by the excellent Georgina from Remarkable Partnerships. We spoke about how to stand out, what we wish we'd known at the start of our careers, how to build a lifelong career in corporate partnerships and keeping it exciting, interesting, relevant. One of my personal highlights was reflecting on how a diverse range of people can bring their whole selves into the sector. So whether you're an introvert or an extrovert and also really understanding fundraising as a two-way process, whether that's with your organisation, but also with your corporate donors. It's a really exciting time to be working in corporate partnerships. There's loads of potential. And hopefully this panel will give you some top tips about how to get into the sector and how to succeed. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoy being part of the conversation. Welcome, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us for this session today. Uh, This is a panel discussion about how to build a successful career in corporate partnerships. My name is Georgina Oxlade, and I'm a partnership manager at Remarkable Partnerships. I've loved my career in partnerships to date, um, so I'm really passionate about helping others to get the best from the roles that you do. Uh, I'm the chair of today's panel discussion, and therefore I'm really looking forward to hearing the insights shared by the panel that we've got for you today. Uh, The panel will be here to share their experience, their advice, and some practical hints and tips uh, that we hope will really inspire you. So it's time for them to introduce themselves. If you would kindly just uh, say your name, uh, your current role, and a little bit about your career experience that's got you to where you are now. Uh, Gallup, if you'd like to begin. Thank you so much, uh, Georgina. Um, Hello, everybody. My name's uh, Galib. I head up the commercial partnerships team at Parkinson's UK. Um, Historically, I started my career in the uh, the commercial world. 
So started as advertising and marketing um, agencies, um, moved to do a one-year um, um, stint at the Royal College of um, Pediatrics and Child Health, uh, and that was where I started my journey on the charity um, um, charity way before moving then uh to Parkinson's UK, where I've been for eight and a half years. I head up the commercial partnerships um, team there. We are focused on finding a cure and supporting people every day um, that have uh, Parkinson's. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Laura Solomons. Um, my day job now is at, as head of donor relations at the Sutton Trust, um, which is a charity that exists to champion social mobility, um, and I wear a few different hats. I'm also a trustee of a grant giving foundation uh, called the Peter Minette Trust, which supports charities in South London. Um, and I'm working on a campaign called Fix the Form to try and stop um, uh, funding applications from taking up quite so much time um, from in terms of charity applications. Um, in terms of where I began my career, I've worked in a range of bigger and smaller charities on corporate partnerships. Um, including education causes, disability causes and health causes um, and all sorts of different sizes. So doing everything from uh, kind of pitching to chief execs to um, writing thank you cards and a whole range of different tasks in between. And hello, everybody. I'm Ben. I'm vice president of corporate partnerships uh, for City Year. We're an education nonprofit that helps students and schools succeed. My career started in the nonprofit industry at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute um, and has actually moved from nonprofit to for-profit in roles at, at Reebok and New Balance as a funder uh, and supporting organizations and also as a consultant, uh, helping nonprofits and companies work together to drive better business and greater good. So excited to be with you today. Thank you, everyone, for those introductions. It sounds like we've got a very esteemed panel uh, in front of us today with great experience to give lots of good advice to our audience listening in today. So thank you. Uh, it's time to get started with those questions. So let me throw out that first question then, uh, which is what are the essential skills to look for in a corporate partnerships professional? Laura, would you like to take that question first? Yes, I'm uh, very happy to. I guess the first thing I'd say is that there's uh, no kind of one size fits all approach to what the, the perfect person working corporate partnerships is. So, um, you know, there, there's lots of uh, suggestions out there that you need to be um, extroverted or a people person or all those sorts of things. And, and that's not the case. You can very much bring um, your whole self into your role and uh, find an approach that works for you. Um, but I would highlight perhaps uh, three things that I think are um, really important. Um, the first is, and, and they're all sort of skills based. Um, so the first, I think, is about problem solving and creativity. So often um, you might be faced with uh, with a sort of roadblock in terms of a partnership and thinking, actually, how do I how do I address this, take this to the next level? So um, just to give an example, I was um, working at School Home Support, which is an education charity, and we had a partnership with um, Nomura which are, and it was all around literacy, but there wasn't much direct engagement. So we decided to set up a pen pal scheme um, and actually went into the schools, um, got young people to write uh, letters um, and then took them into the bank and got them to sort of write letters back. And it was all around aspiration um, raising, but also kind of practical literacy skills. So if you can see something and you have an idea, then I would just say, go for it. Um, the second thing I would say is show a lot of curiosity um, listen to what people are interested in and you can't do everything in a partnership so try and work out what the priorities are um, in terms of for example comms it might be that a partner is really interested in business to business so you might want to use LinkedIn as your platform or uh, they might be more interested in actually getting um, their messages out direct to students and, and teachers which is often the case in terms of the partnerships we have at the Sutton Trust. Um, so those are just a couple of things that I would suggest and the third point I would say is around being really organised, but also being flexible enough. So um, on the one hand, um, you'll want to have a plan, but you'll also want to be able to flex within that plan. So um, you might find that actually um, an organisation goes quiet for a few months. So you take them off your list, but then they might come back and, you know, only 
um, yesterday I had an organisation give me a week to put in a funding application and I haven't heard for them in three months. So you'll want to set out a plan for yourself, but give yourself enough wiggle room that you can respond to new opportunities as and when they come in. That's great advice. I love that part, Laura, about be, you know, be yourself. That's what we want. You know, we need such variety in the sector. So thank you. Um, Chris, would you like to take the question? I love what Laura said about not having to be an extrovert, because I think that's a common misreception on, on these types of roles. I'm not an extrovert. Um, and, and I think what people need to understand is that, you know, extroverts do love being with people and in front of them. Introverts too, too. We just do it in a different way. We like to have deep individual connections. We like to build those kind of relationships. And actually, I think those are the skills that are most important in building corporate partnerships is really getting to understand that person, that company you're working with, go deep with them um, and make that really a relationship. It's not about the performance and the sales, but it's really about the problem solving and the connection, um, which Laura pointed to. And I 100% agree. The other thing that I come back to a lot is um, there's a, a book by a gentleman named Jeb Blount called Sales EQ. And, and he says most uh, partners or people you're selling to look really for five things. And they're asking these five questions uh, when they interact with you. Do I like you? Do you listen to me? Do you make me feel important? Do you get me in my problems? And do I trust and believe you? And I think the best corporate partnerships professionals are able to answer that. Do I like you? You can build rapport and connect with people authentically. Do you listen to me? Am I asking good questions and am I adjusting them based on what I hear from you? Do you make me feel important? Do I validate and celebrate and appreciate the way in which you're supporting our organization? Um, do you get me in my problems? Do I understand their needs? Can I help solve them? Do I repeat back to them what their challenges and, and what their goals are? Do I add value? Um, and do I trust and believe you? Um, do I deliver on what I say I will? Does our organization deliver on the partnership that we've promised to you? Uh, and can you trust that we're going to do that? So I think if you, if you follow those five things, you'll be in a good fit for a, a corporate partnership role. Thanks, Chris. Gallup. Thank you very much. Uh, there were some cracking tips there. I'm starting to learn something as well, which is which is brilliant. Um, I, I, I think for for me, I think one of the the key ones is around um, negotiating and influencing. Um, and I'm thinking more about this in the context of internal relationships. Um, you know, because the success of the corporate partnerships that we are trying to create um, is definitely built on the support of having the other teams buy into what you're trying to do internally within the charity. You know, I always say to my team that you are uh, pitching internally just as much as you are pitching externally, you know, so almost, you know, treat them as treat them as clients. You know, um, I think the the importance of um, identifying and building some of those really key relationships within your charity um, shouldn't be underestimated because they are really key to successful partnerships. You know, I think have that collaborative mindset, you know, get them to understand what it is that you're trying to do as a team. You know, and I think I think brainstorming opportunities and and sorry, brainstorming sessions are really great for for a, a great way of doing this, uh, and actually something remarkable partnerships can help you with. Um, but just as important um, is understanding uh, what they are trying to do. And to, to Chris's point earlier, when he was talking about sort of understanding the person opposite you in that sort of external environment, um, really understanding your your internal teams. The challenges, what they're trying to do, and I think that's where you start to make amazing things um, happen. You know, and this can be done really, really simply. You know, just having regular catch-ups, going along um, to team meetings, or even you know when we're finally allowed to uh, treat them to, uh, to to a coffee. So yeah, that's that's my top top tip is negotiating and influencing. I think that's a really important point, and often you're co-creating a partnership. It's not often that you you go to a partner and say, here it is. And they go, yes, we want it exactly on the page looking like that. Often um, you, you shape something together. So it's really important to know um, what is valuable to your, your colleagues internally and what's possible um, so that you don't promise something that you can't deliver. Again, going back to the point about delivering against expectations and, and having that credibility. 
That's great. Thanks for all those comments. I think what's been really interesting there, it's you've all picked up on some of the essential skills that people need, and yet you've got different views. So I think the audience, as we've said, will be learning from the experience that you've just shared there. Uh, as Gallup says, I have too, which is great. So thank you for your advice on that subject. Um, let's move forward to question two, which is about uh, what advice you would give to people to make themselves stand out as a candidate for a partnerships role. So I guess this could be maybe something you've learned from your experience or when you've been interviewing, potentially you've seen something that you really wanted to share. Chris, are you happy to begin? Sure. I, I think two things. Um, the first, quite simply, is, is being proactive and getting results. Um, we are in a numbers-based kind of goal-driven profession in many ways as, as fundraisers. And so have you shown, uh, regardless of what your job was, that you can achieve results um, in whatever measure that it might be that that, that job was measured? Um, and how did you grow those uh, over time is, is something I'm usually looking for. Um, so not somebody necessarily who's just maintaining what we can do or the foundation we have, but starting to think about how to build it and grow it over multiple years um, is the key thing that I look for. But I also think the the proactivity is an important thing um, to think about how do I, you know, get around obstacles? How do I not take a no as a, a final no, but how do I keep finding ways to connect and, and move forward? Because sometimes it's it's a matter of timing and, and it takes a while to build a partnership. Sometimes it's just, it's not right now, but it could be later. Um, and so how do you stay persistent and proactive? Um, those are kind of talent traits I look at. And then from my personal experience, What's differentiated me has been working on the corporate side and working on an agency and consulting side and having that perspective, having sat across um, from the funder or been the funder um, and, and having experience on both sides. And I think that that helps me uh, empathize with where they're coming, understand the dynamics for a, a company or a funder um, and build some credibility with them because they know I understand um, the challenges they face and, and what they're trying to do. So even if you haven't had a chance to work on that side, which I think is is helpful, but even if you're only on the nonprofit side through your career, I think that's fine as long as you're making a mentality of putting yourself in the shoes or the place of your corporate partner, going deep into understanding their company, their industry, uh, and the broader trends in the market and how your organization and a partnership with your organization can help them um, be part of that conversation or, or achieve those goals. So I would definitely agree with Chris's first point, but I would have a slightly different angle on it in terms of the, the results, um, which is that often I think people feel intimidated about going for roles if they haven't secured a certain level of partnerships. Whereas, you know, we know that securing a, a million pound partnership in one organisation um, you know, could be the equivalent of securing a, a £10,000 partnership in another one. Um, so one of the bits of advice I would I would have is, you know, do show those results, but show how you got there. Show you're working out, as, as every maths teacher would say. Um, you know, what did you do? Um, how did you find the partner? How did you build it? How did you grow it? What, what did you contribute? But in terms of feeling, uh, you know, if I haven't had a six-figure partnership win, I can't go for that opportunity. I, I wouldn't hold yourself back in that way. Um, and then a couple of practical tips um, in terms of writing your cover letters. Um, as a fundraiser, um, you'll no doubt be an excellent storyteller. So I would tell three stories in your cover letter. Um, why you're passionate about that organisation and that role. Um, a story about track record for what they're looking for. So how, how are you a good fit? And then something about what you'd like to learn. I think people like to bring um, staff into their organisation where they can see that they're, they're going to stay and they're going to try and develop and, and grow in the role. So if you can tell those three stories in your cover letter, I don't think you can go too far wrong. Um, and then the other thing I would say is, is look into becoming a trustee, um, either of a, a grant giving foundation, because I'm, I'm always kind of banging the drum for having more fundraisers on the other side of the fence but, but any charity they're, they're crying out for more uh, trustees particularly more diverse candidates younger trustees women people of color um and it gives you unprecedented access to high level decision making governance strategy and and it's been really invaluable in my own career so it's something that i would 
strongly uh, advocate for. And if, if anyone wants to find out a little bit more, um, you can look at gettingonboard.org. Um, there's a young trustee organisation or, or do connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd be really happy to talk to someone about how to find and secure those opportunities. Thanks, Laura. That's great uh, recommendations for our audience today. Um, Gallup. Yeah, just just before I kick off, Laura, fantastic advice around um, becoming a trustee. Actually, it's something I haven't done. And, and it was only fairly recently where I had a conversation with my boss about um, becoming a trustee of a, of a, of a small charity. Um, and, and I think, you know, um, I'm really excited about doing that, actually, because I think it will give me a sense, actually, that, you know, how I might handle myself when I'm speaking to the Board of Trustees at Parkinson's UK, because I'll be able to see from that, from, from their angle as well. So as well as be able to add value to to, to the organisation. So um, really fantastic uh, recommendation there. Um, just in terms of... Um, a couple of tips from me just in terms of how people can stand out. So um, I was given a great bit of advice by a director um, years ago around um, tackling questions and documents and pitches in sort of in, a, in three ways. So uh, I'm sure you'll know these. It's, you know, what, what was the issue that you're trying to solve? What, what was the solution and what was the impact of that solution? If you can sort of frame your answers, for example, in this particular context, in that way, um, um, I think it holds you in really, really good stead. Um, uh, I think what I will say is that when you are demonstrating the issues um, that you've tackled, is to demonstrate the impact that you've had, that had on you, that it had on the charity and also the community um, as well. Um, linked to that as well, I think um, you know, in those sort of situations, don't be afraid to showcase where sometimes you've got things wrong. Um, now, I'm not saying no, I'm not saying um, provide lots of examples because that may ring alarm bells. But maybe the odd example where perhaps something hasn't gone quite right, but back it up with how you've dealt with it. You know, it, I think that's really important because it shows that you are solution orientated. That's what Chris alluded to before. Um, it shows tenacity and resilience as well, especially if you can if you can talk about it from a psychological point of view. Um, and these are really important traits, as we know, um, especially resilience um, that we need as as corporate. Um, fundraisers and then the final thing um to a certain degree and this is i guess is more talking about my experience and may, maybe it comes easier uh, to others um but maybe not so others um is is just be yourself in these situations you know absolutely you know turn on your professional face and your professional demeanor but i think when you feel confident enough in throughout the process of, a, of an interview for example you know maybe crack a little joke um you know sometimes you get a laugh um sometimes you might get a tumbleweed moment but that's okay um but i think what it is really important to do is to show your um your personal um, side um, and show your personality to a certain degree, which I think is incredibly important in in the relationship management um, sort of skills that are needed for for being a corporate partnerships professional. Thanks, Gallup. Um, some really great advice there, and obviously we're touching on the actual interview itself there as well, which is really helpful. Laura or Chris, do you have anything to add on that kind of interview element? Sometimes it feels quite daunting, but uh, if you apply some of the skills you've just talked through in the actual interview as well, I'm sure it'd be a real benefit. Well, I would definitely reflect back that point about being uh, kind of honest and, um, you know, and admitting to mistakes. And I actually have one interview where um, I didn't get the role and the feedback that I got was, you were too positive. <laughs> we didn't believe you. You know, it, it's not that easy. And and it's true. It's taken time for me to feel comfortable to, to kind of really be open about every organisation will have its challenges um, and things that make it more, you know, difficult in, in different ways to secure those partnerships, whether it's securing them or delivering them or, or whatever it is. Um, and actually being able to be honest and authentic, particularly as as you advance in your career, people expect that. Um, so I think it's really important. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd completely agree with that point. I agree with with what's been said. I, I love Gallup the framing around you know situation, action, and, and result. I think that's really important um, to to clarify and get to to how you think about situations. That's something I always look for in candidates. Um, 
And, and I would agree, Laura, on kind of having that ability to reflect uh, and point to a case where either you made a mistake or you failed, um, but what did you learn from it and how did you then adjust and, and change as a result? I think that, that shows a real strength. And the last thing I would add um, is I think practice is just really important. We're not all very comfortable in an interview situation. It takes time to get used to that. And so whether you're just starting to interview or whether you're coming back to an interview process after being in a role for many years and having not looked for a new role, um, I think finding either a friend or somebody you trust who can help you with some interviewing and, and practicing some questions really helps um, you hit your stride. You don't mind me just adding one one final thing. I know we often hear this, but it's easy to forget. It is a two-way process. Um, mm. And it's as much about you finding the right organization for yourself um, as, it, as it is them finding you. And your, your skills as a corporate fundraiser are immensely valuable um, and uh, you can ask questions as you go through that process about the values and the approach to staff well-being that that, that organisation takes. Um, and you can look on things like Glassdoor to see, uh, you know, what other uh, current employees are saying. So, um, you know, do your research as you go through to make sure that it's it's a place that's right for you as much as um, kind of all these tips that are designed for you to secure that role on the other side. Great, Laura. I absolutely love that advice. I'm sure the audits are really reflecting on that now. So thank you for sharing that now. Uh, let's uh, move forward to our, our third question. Um, Galeb, I'll come to you first. And the question is, what do you wish you'd known at the start of your career? Um, gosh, this is, this is a really great great question um and there were the, I, I wish i could go back and tell myself a hell of a lot of things actually um when i first started my um career um i think i think the the one that really stood out for me when i was sort of reflecting on this particular question is um something i alluded to before around making mistakes now it's probably coming across that i make a lot of mistakes um of course we all make mistakes but you know just i think in it for this particular question um i would go back and say to myself that you know Sometimes you'll try things. Um, sometimes they'll go wrong, um, but that's okay, Gallup. You know, personally, I've had to learn to deal with that, actually, over the years. Um, you know, I think the people that know me best uh, know that I've got a little bit of a competitive streak, only only ever so slightly. Um, so the thoughts of, of things not working out, not winning something, you know, that, that would absolutely fill me with dread. Um, you know, and uh, you know, I, I mean, it's a bit of a cliche, but you know, I, I think for me, I will always say, you know, it's better to try things, to push things, break things, than not to bother, you know, at all. Um, I think what is really important is you is you learn from it. Um, you know, sort of take time to step back from those situations and think, what could I have done um, differently? So you know that if you're faced with similar situations um in the future you know you know how to deal with it you know how to react um and then when you know and that, and that really helps when the next opportunity comes along uh, i think and i think psychologically that's incredibly important to, to 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 help you throughout throughout your your career so that's that's definitely the key thing that i would tell myself at the start of my career Thanks, Gallup. Good advice. If only we could rewind time, hey? Uh, but I'm sure your advice is useful to everyone that's listening in. Thank you. Uh, Chris, your thoughts? That all really resonated with me as well. I found myself in, in a similar experience. Um, I, I, I think for me, seeking to learn and not to prove yourself mm -hmm. as a motivated and competitive person. Similarly, I, I really found myself early in my career trying to prove that I could do it and trying to show everybody that I was good and talented. And, and I, I think now that I've gotten older and have more perspective, it, being in more of a learning orientation and being curious and inquisitive and thinking about how do I um, build skills and look to people who are successful and, and learn from them um, ultimately really helps you succeed more than kind of having to prove that you're really good. Um, and again, being comfortable with with trying things and making some mistakes um, is important there. The, the second thing in this reference is what Laura mentioned in the previous question. I, I do think it is about finding the right fit and, and for you as an organization and a culture of that organization. And, and even more specifically, 
I would say look less about the job itself and more about what's the quality of the boss, the person you're going to be working for, and the quality of the team that you're going to be working on. Because especially early in your career, you will learn so much from mentors and from people that you're working directly with. And, and your experience will be so much better if you feel really connected to a strong uh, team. And so I always think that is um, really important, even more so sometimes than than the role uh, or the organization. And then last but not least, and this is what I would have told <laughs> to myself personally, if I could go back, don't be in such a rush. Um, you know, we all start coming out of school and looking into our professional careers and, and we want to, to achieve, we want to be promoted. We want to move up that, that ladder and you put such pressure on yourself um, and looking at what friends or other people are doing and how they're succeeding and, and what you realize, you know, with the benefit of time is that it, it's less about how fast you're moving up that ladder and more about focusing on building your skills, building different experiences, creating and, and developing relationships that are going to last you. And, and those are the things you start to lean on and, and drive your success uh, long term in your career. But it's it's hard to, to not focus on the nuts and bolts of the title and the salary uh, early on and even later. You'll, you'll see I look like a bit of a nodding dog because I'm just so in agreement with everything that's come before. Um, and actually on, on that point on sort of mentors and great bosses, actually I was given some great advice when I first started my career, but it's taken a long time for me to um, accept it, which is um, Saul Heseltyn was one of my first bosses and he said, he came in and he went, fundraising isn't rocket science. And there's me with my sort of books on fundraising and my theories. And I, I was sort of a bit offended. I was like, no, no, there's definitely more to it. And actually, there's some great fundamentals to remember, which is um, it, it's all people. And I've, I've learned this also being on the other side, as it were, on, on a kind of grant giving board. It's just a group of people in a room making a decision. So there are things that will influence that if you've got some, you know, really powerful or strong writing, um, if you've got networks so someone you know feels like they know you a bit or if they're more kind of open to your cause for, for whatever reason, perhaps have a, a personal connection. But it is it is just a group of people making a decision. So just reminding yourself that there's not some kind of great mystery to it that you don't know um, and, and you will learn kind of as you go along. Um, and then on a very kind of practical niche uh, area, I would say uh, the importance of stewardship events. So um, for me, the uh, the ability to bring along either a prospective supporter or a, a current partner to see the impact firsthand, whether that's face to face or as is happening now, screen to screen, um, there is nothing that can replace that, I think. And I've, I've seen partnerships be completely transformed by uh, facilitating um, that sort of experience where um, a partner can see um, see the impact firsthand and, and hear from someone who's been affected um, you know, by the partnership and what it's done. Um, it's why partnerships that have lots of volunteering do well, um, because what happens is all those employees get to engage directly with the cause and then they start to talk to one another. And, and you know, that that starts to affect the partnership. Um, and it's better then, um, you know, you find that you've got supporters across uh, all different areas of, of the business. Um, and it means that you're much more likely to keep sustaining that that relationship for a longer period of time. So, um, yeah, final thing, stewardship events, if you don't have them, um, create them. I, I'd like to build on that because um, I think it's a really important point and one that still experienced fundraisers fall into the trap of we we tend to get too much into our internal organization and and the goals we're trying to drive, the gift we're trying to secure and how we get that from the donor and we can, we can sometimes move to be too transactional and, and move too fast um, in that and not think about how are we stewarding that potential funder, bringing them along, giving them experience that's thoughtful and builds over time and then making an ask at the right time. We tend to try and rush it because we've got to hit our numbers or we want to try and get this uh, thing to happen. And, and so it's really important, as Lord mentioned, to be thoughtful um, about your timing and your stewardship and that that being a true process um, versus a, a transaction. If I can if I can quickly build on something Chris said, 
actually earlier, just with a with a personal example. Um, Chris, you were talking earlier around you know not rushing in your career to get up the ladder. Um, that is definitely something I um, can um, uh, sort of have experience of. Actually, you know, when I came from the commercial sector into into the third sector, um, I uh, I took a massive pay cut. Right, I took a massive pay cut. Um, I started an officer level at Parkinson's UK. And all the time in the back of my head, my God, am I making the right choice here? Because I was so eager to do well and to climb the ladder and earn loads of money, uh, as, as, as you kind of do in the commercial sector to a certain degree. Um, but actually, when I came into Parkinson's UK, I really quickly saw the benefits of my experience beforehand in sort of the agency world that I could bring to Parkinson's UK. And I thought to myself, let's forget about the title for the moment. Let's forget about the money. Let's look at all the things, all the immediate impacts I can start bringing to Parkinson's UK. The way we spoke, the way we wrote, um, the way we the way we dressed, l- like immediately lifting the standards of, of us as an organisation. And that led to some brilliant successes in those early years, in particular at Parkinson's UK. And that has, you know, and it's it's been those successes and that that exposure um, to dealing with certain situations and and approaches to companies and that kind of thing that's helped me absolutely get to the point where where I am. So um, um, that was definitely something I can I can relate to uh, in your earlier points. Great. Um, Thanks, Gala. But what I love here from from our panel is just the passion. You guys are obviously hugely invested in this as your career, but it's good to hear, Gala, how your experience from a previous role has been so transferable to where you've got to now. So I love hearing these passionate views that you've got. Um, And Laura, just to reflect on the point that you were talking about stewardship, and especially in the virtual space, I guess just to the audience, there is a lot of conversation going on about that currently. So please do engage with today's live content, uh, ask questions of others, everyone attending the event, because there's probably great ideas in the room about things that are happening virtually at the moment to give uh, partners or prospects that experience of um, of engaging with your your you know your your services um, and the impact of your work, but in a in a new and innovative way. So please do um, kind of get in touch with others and find out what great things are going on out there. It's good advice. Thanks, Laura. Uh, fantastic. So we're going to just move on to our last question uh, of today's panel, which is what does a lifelong career in corporate partnerships look like? Uh, Laura, would you like to begin on that? Yes. So I was kind of thinking about this question. I was thinking, how, how, how's it shaped and affected who, who I am? And, um, I had a slightly more uh, kind of jokey answer, which was um, that when you go to the supermarket and you see, you know, for uh, for every pack sold, 10p goes to so-and-so, um, I don't think you have a normal reaction. I think you go, I wonder how that got brought about. I wonder what went on behind the scenes. And also, I wonder what their contracts look like. And, you know, you so you have a slightly different take on the world. And, you know, when you see adverts and things, I, I think um, – you kind of see behind the scenes of some of those partnerships that are just um, out there in the world. Um, But in terms of kind of, I thought about being in in it for the long haul. Um, One of the things I would um, reflect on is that it's really important not to put yourself too tightly into a box. So obviously my my, um, kind of job title is head of donor relations. And you might think, well, how does that have anything to do with corporate partnerships? Um, And it's really about stewardship more broadly. Um, and, and I lead on corporate partnerships just because that's my background and, and I naturally fell into that role when I joined the Sutton Trust. But um, there, there are far more opportunities. And um, just to give some examples, you know, there are corporate foundations where you might be using similar skills to a kind of a trust colleague or, um, you know, there might be a senior individual within one of your current partnerships that would be interested in giving a personal gift. Um, so it's really important to ignore any organisational silos that already exist where it's sort of like this is major donor income or this is because it, it doesn't look like that. And actually to um, to maybe have a conversation internally to talk about the nuance that exists and to say that actually we'd um, we'd have much more success if we um, look at this in terms of kind of high value income more broadly and partnerships. Um, and I guess if I can just finish on a point which is really um about I, I don't know if some of you have seen the kind of hashtag not just NCBO 
um, that's been coming through on Twitter. I think it's really important if you're in it for the long haul to think about how we make this a kind and welcoming sector that acknowledges kind of power and privilege um, in, in all our different interactions. So, um, you know, we're, we're all a part of that. We, we've spoken a lot about being human or authentic and finding a fit, but I just want to go a little bit deeper and actually kind of say, you know, it's important for us to, to dismantle racism, discrimination, um, kind of disability-related um, you know, discrimination, all the, all those things that, that people encounter, let, let's be really mindful of those. Let's watch those. If, if we're in it for the long haul, you know, we've, we've got a responsibility to make um, corporate partnerships a, a fantastic place to work and we can all play a part in that. Thanks, Laura. Such an important point for the audience to hear today. So thank you for raising that. I really appreciate it. Um, Gallup. Laura, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. That, um, at the end and, and wholeheartedly, um, um, agrees. Thank you for that. Um, uh, I think for me, when I was reflecting on what does a long, you know, long career in corporate partnerships look like, um, you know, it is incredibly um, rewarding when you get to see the impact that some of these partnerships have um, on the charity um, and also society. You know, I've I, I've always thought um, that corporate partnerships are. Um, pretty unique compared to a lot of the other traditional forms of, of fundraising that do an incredible job as well. Um, you know, I think whereas the other forms of, uh, of fundraising, you know, they have their, their plans and their structures and their planned DM packs and list of major donors and events they need to deliver, etc. You know, in, in corporate partnerships, you know, as a professional, you have to be in sort of new business mode. You have to be an account manager. You have to be a marketing and comms specialist, a creative director, a relationship builder. You know, you're pitching to individuals, factory workers, senior exec boards. You know, it's an absolute roller coaster. You know, sometimes you'll win some, sometimes you'll lose some. But I think what is what is for certain is that if you if you approach it with the right sort of mindset and that sort of collaborative mindset that I was talking about earlier, you know, you can make some incredible things happen for um, your charity and and for society, and you'll definitely pick up a lot of skills um, for life. agree with what you've both said. I think it, it is an opportunity in many ways to to work on the closest business side of nonprofit as you can get and to really learn and, and leverage some of those skills. And ideally, to Laura's point, which was so important, um, to say, how can we help business be better? How can we be a coach and a guide and, and steer them towards their better angels and, and towards the, the real impact and opportunity that they can have um, in the world? And I think, you know, thankfully, companies more and more are moving in that direction and understand their, their role and, and their um, responsibility to play in that way. But what I love about working in corporate partnerships is a chance to build those relationships, to go deep and to help them think about how to do that um, really well. It, more broadly, from a career standpoint, for me, it's it, it's a lifelong opportunity to be able to do the problem solving and the matchmaking. That intellectually, that's what I love about it is is diagnosing the problem, seeing where it fits, and trying to to put it together. So that is always new and exciting um, for me, particularly when there's new or different partners. And how do we solve that problem um, it, to to build a partnership together? I love that. Um, and then I would say for for things that lead to longer term success in your career, um, some of the things we've talked about, how do you find an, an issue or an organization that you're passionate about? I, I can't go and, and sell anything. I need to care deeply about the organization and the impact that we're having to do my best work. And so for me, that was important. Um, and, and really to have a, a long term impact on some some social issues that I care deeply about. And, and then two, I think. Really getting into the mindset, as we've talked about multiple times, about it being a relationship and having your focus be outside of your organization or yourself and seeing what's going on in the environment, where are things going, and how might that lead towards uh, a company wanting to have an action or where we could help a company have an action um, that's impactful. So those are some of the things that I start to think about long-term kind of trends or environment that you play in. Yeah, and I, I love that point you made about changing businesses for the better. 
So um, just to kind of apply that practically to, to my role at the Sutton Trust, uh, you know, there are loads of organisations that want uh, diverse talent to be working um, within their um, employee base. Um, but we get to say to them, well, in addition to us um, giving young people the vital skills um, and resources they need to access these opportunities, you need to become the types of organisations where, uh, you know, the young people we're supporting will thrive. Um, and you can do it in these ways. And you get to actually influence and, and change things that perhaps you wouldn't get to do in, in other any other setting. And perhaps you wouldn't get to do if you were working within the business itself. Um, so it's quite exciting to see that longer term, wider social impact that you can have through your through your corporate partnerships role. That's right. We we live in an increasingly disconnected and, and siloed world and people living in their own individual communities that look like them and, and think like them. And, and I think in many ways, our partnerships help us break down those silos and, and allow people to get proximate to issues to other people to understand, um, you know, their experience in their environment. And I, I think that does lead to, to impact and breaking down some of those barriers, hopefully. Fantastic. Thank you, everyone. Um, before we close today's session, and I do some reflections on what we've covered today, has anyone got any final thoughts or advice that they would like to share with our audience at all? I would say reach out to any of us, go across into your networks. You know, if, if there's something that one of us has said that you're interested in finding out more about, um, please do contact us. I find it a really helpful sector to, with sharing networks advice. Um, and I know there's a lot of organisations out there that, that want talented corporate fundraisers. So, um, you know, that we can definitely share, um, share not just advice, but, but kind of share opportunities among one another in, in our networks. Great. Thank you so much, Laura. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, some great advice there from um, from Laura. Please do reach out if you've got any questions. I think I think my closing remark is is one that I always have to constantly tell myself is uh, or remind myself is that when you do win those partnerships, whether it's a thousand pound, ten thousand, a hundred thousand pounds, you know, remember what that feels like. You know, try and bottle that feeling. Um, you know. The, the benefit it's going to bring to your charity and your 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 beneficiaries and, and also the the praise that you get for it as well that is incredibly important for your for your confidence as well you know and 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 use it you know use that feeling use it to to drive yourself forward uh, and build more um transformational partnerships we have a little bell at the Sutton Trust that we ring when when uh, we win a new partnership. And it's really important to recognise and acknowledge those moments. And actually, as you said, realise what it's going to do for, for the causes and that we work at and ultimately for the people that we're supporting. So, yeah, really good uh, final remark, I think. What I just wanted to reflect on um, is how far we've come during this discussion. So many helpful uh, pieces of advice and tips um, for our audience. Uh, I love the comments about being yourself, being your authentic self in both that application and that interview that we've talked about. Um, Laura, your tips on storytelling in, in that application and obviously everyone's advice about how that could apply into an interview setting as well. It's so important to be great storytellers uh, in the career that we're in. Um, some really helpful advice for people on that two-way process of an interview. I think that's probably reassured lots of people in kind of, you know, in taking that step in applying for their next role, knowing that it's a two-way process a little bit more. Uh, and Chris and everyone's advice on just not rushing your career, Gallup, everything you were saying, I'm sure resonates with many. It's great just to enjoy where you're at, look to the future and set goals, but just not to rush this process and just to enjoy it. I've loved hearing all of your passion uh, for what you have done uh, and what you are doing currently. So thank you for sharing that with the audience today. Um, for everyone listening in, thank you very much for talking to us and joining this conversation uh, about how to build a successful career in corporate partnerships. Uh, so from me and Laura and Chris and Gallup, uh, just a big thank you for listening in. And I guess it's a big good luck from us. We wish you all the best for your futures in this wonderful, wonderful career. Thank you, everyone. Wow, it was so, so great. 
listening through all that again. What an amazing session. Laura, how was it for you? Well, other other than the horror of listening back to your own voice, which <laughs> I don't think anyone enjoys, um, it was really no. Um, it was really great to hear. And um, one of the things I was struck by is how it still feels like a very relevant conversation um, yeah. a year on. And I know lots of people are thinking about um, recruitment and um, what an ideal job and career looks like for them. So I hope that there's some interesting and helpful takeaways for people as, as they're thinking that through. Um, speaking of which, Alex, um, yes. you've obviously recently joined the Fundraising Everywhere team, which I was so excited by when you told me. So I'm just wondering how you're finding it all. I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. Um, yeah, I'm a few months in. Um, it doesn't feel like so long ago that we were sat in the park um, chatting about this interview that I was going to be having. Um, but no, really enjoying it. Um, it's lovely to be, you know, I've, I've only ever worked in charities. Um, and now I feel like I work with many, many, many charities. So for me, it's kind of, yeah, such an ideal role. Um, so much to learn, very, very vibrant. Um, and I get to spend my time doing things like this as well with you. So I'm absolutely loving it. And you're a member, aren't you, of Fundraising Yeah, everywhere. well, I told you, when when you told me you were applying, I, I sort of said, well, I'm a secret shopper. I've been a member yeah. for sort of since the early days. Um, but I, I love it. I love the flexibility because you can sort of dip into lots of different things. So there's conferences on all sorts, things like um, events or um, you know the, the latest in technology and, and often sort of yeah yeah well-being about over I think it's over 350 different sessions on the platform oh wow and did you th- how you've got quite a few more Laura's now though don't you I'm sadly not just the, <laughs> the only Laura <laughs> only one Laura Solomons there we go that's, that's right. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it's been absolutely wonderful. And everyone um, listening, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Fundraising Everywhere podcast. Um, do look out for, for the next episode, which will be coming to you very, very soon. Um, just a reminder, um, you can use the discount code FE podcast um, to get 50% off any of our sessions um, on the website. So just head to fundraisingeverywhere.com um, and pop in the discount code FE podcast um, at checkout. Until next time. Bye. Bye.